This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the road accident fund has been in the news and in the spotlight in recent months uh, f- with regards to the accounting policy and various complaints uh, from attorneys and the courts about its inefficiencies, including its inability to settle claims timelessly. Well, this morning we do have the RAF uh, CEO, the Road Accident Fund's CEO, uh, Mr. Collins Litswalo, to set the record straight and address uh, some critical issues. All right, let's uh, welcome to him. Uh, Mr. Litswalo, good morning to you and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Tabiso, and good morning to the listeners. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask. Yes, absolutely. I'm just going to ask you to speak up a little bit uh, there, so we can hear you sounding a little bit soft at the moment. So let's start firstly with your the Standing Committee on Public Accounts recently accusing the RAF of what they described as accounting gymnastics, say by your your decision to adopt a new accounting policy. Briefly explain why you uh you know um, why that decision was taken and why you are not hiding, why you believe it is not hiding the organization's true liability. Yeah. The Road Exigent Fund, we were asked to do um, a lot of work, including looking at the liabilities, uh, looking at everything that was making the Road Exigent Fund unsustainable. One of it was the long-term liability. Simply put, Taviso, if you gave me 300 billion then, I wouldn't have any liability to expunge because the liability simply does not exist. And I'll tell you why. In 2013-14, there was a decision taken by the, uh, our predecessors to change the accounting policy, and that's when this so-called liability then grew. Um, the reality is this, Taviso. Uh, they accounted for the road accident fund and the benefits thereof as uh, insurance contracts. Uh, RAF simply does not have any insurance contract to talk about. Now, if you even go to substance over form, you will see that um, the Directive 1 that was issued in 2011 by the then Financial Services Board, Section 2.3.3 thereof talks about what RAF is which is fundamentally a social security fund, simply because the money you collect is not even risk-adjusted. So if you are collecting what you call fuel aid and you want to call it premiums, they are not risk-adjusted. So uh, in that way, then it does not fit an insurance. And you can go to the um, uh, Institutional Classification Guide of the Reserve Bank issued in 2017, Section 3.1.5 and C, who are social security funds mm-hmm. in there, the road accident fund is there. So the issue is in principle of uh, accounting and everything else. Uh, the road accident fund remains a social security fund and it must account like that. Okay. You do not account as a company if you are a sole proprietor, for instance. So you must simply know what kind of an organization you are and your account as such. So that's what we have done. Okay. And there is nothing that we do not do that is in terms of the financial reporting framework okay. with this uh, draft. So 
all those things are, they are quite technical Tabiso, but they're it is indeed it. and i don't yeah. want to delve too much into the technical yeah. side of things before because yeah. you will uh, lose a lot of us but then also it's not the uh, we don't really have that much time to delve yeah. into the technicalities but also one of the other things that you've been criticized for some of the other some of the changes that you have made at the raf or that have happened under uh, your leadership where um, it has been said you have not put ad- adequate systems in place uh, following the major changes to get rid of your panel of attorneys. What uh, was behind the decision to get rid of uh, um, you know, the, the panel of attorneys and how has that changed the way in which uh, you, do, uh, you, you, you fulfill your mandate? Mr. Lizalo? Uh, within 120 days. Um... We lost now, you there for a second. Can you just start again what you said? Before? I'm, I'm saying in terms of the statutory, in terms of our act, we need mm-hmm. to pay. Once that claim comes in, we should have uh, settled it within 120 days. That is if we agree with the claimant that we can settle that money. If we agree, you say that you needed to give me a million rands and we agree that the million rands is what must give you. That must happen within 120 days. Mm-hmm. The reality is this. When we arrived at the road accident fund, it takes between uh, five and eight years, on average five years, to be able to finalize that instead of four months. Mm. So that's the reality. Now, we went and looked at the sustainability of the fund, and we found that for each and every uh, rent that is collected in fuel levy, 55 uh, uh, cents of that, which is 55%, goes to uh, everyone else except the claimant. The claimant only gets 45 cents. Now, in a fund like this, where it's a social benefit fund, it does not work properly. But what we found was that 10.6 billion of the 43 billion we collected was going to lawyers directly. And as a consequence of this panel, because what people simply did is that they never submitted information. And 93% of all these claims that are claimed to be on our books don't have all the requirements for us to be able to claim. So we had to change that. Because the aim is to make sure that the majority of the money goes to the claimant. For us, it's important that it goes to the claimant. But again, except the delays, I mean, imagine if you had a little girl who had to get the money immediately after someone had passed. And um, it will take about five to eight years to pay that child out. You can imagine the, 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 the pain and the suffering, the secondary trauma that goes through. Uh, that family and that child. And, and for us, we are more interested in more than claimant. And that's why we said there is no need to pay $10.6 billion, mm. uh, in, in legal fees. I mean, legal fees are exactly that is time that is being sold to the road accident fund to settle a claim. Now, it doesn't make sense why you'll pay $10.6 billion and what $10.6 billion will buy you mm. in terms of the time. So it did not make sense. We looked at it and the, the, the view was that let's okay. make sure that we settle claims. Instead of, of in the past, just to, uh, let's talk about uh, the some of the challenges that uh, you've been facing, uh, such as the um, the one uh, relating to the introduction of new medical uh, tariffs and this lehodi uh, judge, the so-called lehodi judgment, in which you and the board were pers- were held to be personally liable for costs or were slapped with a cost order. Uh, how are you d- dealing with that and that uh, these ongoing court challenges and how do you ensure they do not affect uh, the work that, uh, of the RAF? We sort of know, Tavi, so that 
when people used to benefit from a certain system, of course, there's going to be system resistance and people are going to fight that. So that's not something that we do not expect. And we actually focus on the ball. Our issue is the flavor, as it were. Well, on the judgment, people want to um, elevate the judgment that are against the RAF, and there are very few of them, if you think about it. I mean, we had the SCA ruling uh, on the 1st of December last year, where it's against the very same panel of attorneys where they were saying, no, the North Houghton High Court ruled in their favor. They ruled in our favor. And it's very clear that we applied our minds in changing this. Uh, so the, the, the higher court, mm-hmm. and the higher court actually said that we were right in doing what we did. Now, we had an SCA judgment on the 8th of May, uh, 2023, the same thing, where the judge was actually um, um, criticized uh, greatly uh, for overreach by the SCA, uh, where the judge had said that the RAF is not being run properly and that it must be put under administration mm. or be liquidated. So I mean, those are the things that we deal with on a daily basis. So it's something that we expect that yeah. those that but how are you dealing? How are you dealing with this, this one with the personal cost? Because that, that is quite a, we just, an indictment. We, just, we simply are going to appeal that tradition because we have appealed it, and we very we are very strong that we think that we are going to achieve whatever we needed to achieve, which is win this case and overturn this judgment. Because we are saying that uh, there is no truth to it. Uh, the judge has misapplied himself, and of course. Uh, the SCA will have to look at that and then come to a determination. We are quite confident that we'll win this one as well. So uh, there are two now. The, you, you've been, you've declared what you call 2023 as the year of the claimant, and that you are going to drive to ensure claimants know their rights. So talk to us about what your thinking is when you speak of the year of the claimant. Yes, uh, as I said, the focus is on the claimant as as we started. Uh, our model is more pro-claimant in a sense that we want the claimant to get more of this money. But also we want to make sure that the claimant knows their rights. What we, what we have picked up is that uh, most of these uh, plaintiff attorneys do take money, uh, that they are paid money to the claimant. You'll find that uh, someone has been paid $3 million and the person is only paid a million. And they would never know that $3 million was paid in their favor, and the, 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 the lawyer will simply not tell them. So we are running a campaign where people can phone in and ask how much they were paid in their claim. Uh, starting from uh, the early 2000s, we have the data where we are saying to people, come, ask how much, because most of the time people think they're entitled only to the capital payment, which the lawyer takes about 25% of. But as well, we are paying what we call party-party costs, which are legal fees that actually are supposed to be paid over to the claimant, and they are not being paid to the claimant. And then there are interest uh, amounts sometimes that also need to be paid to the claimant, and they never receive that money. So they need to call the RAF, they need to find out how much was entitled, they were entitled to so that we can actually pay them. The other issue is that we have what things are called undertakings, the future medical expenses that RAF must pay. Only 10% of that has been used by our our claimant. So we are saying that they must come and claim the rest of 
the, 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 the benefits that I yeah. entitled to. All right. Mr. Liswell, I've got uh, questions that are coming through from some listeners, but are very specific to the work that has been done by the RAF, or, uh, which I think we'll have to tackle at another time. Someone talking about whether they can make a claim for an injury suffered 29 years ago, for example. But I don't uh, think we'll be able to delve into all of those. Perhaps it is yeah. a conversation that can be had at another time. Let me thank you for coming through this morning. Uh, much appreciated. No, thank you so much, Teresa. Collins Litswalo is the Chief Executive Officer of the Road Accident Fund. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.